Boobs. Ah, oh, the timing's off. Ah, you got, you missed me. Oh. You missed me. You very son of a bitch. screwed over today because of that. And technology. So, I think that we're, we got a little Commander Cast connection there. Maybe. It's tenuous. Well, tenuous at well, best. CommanderCast.com Hello, everyone, and welcome to Commander Cast episode 229. We're your weekly source for community, strategy, and technology, hosted on mtgcast.com and our home site, commandercast.com. We're recording this on December 5th, se- uh, we're recording this on December 17th, 2015. I'm your host of the show, William, and joining me as always is my perennial co-host, Calvin. How are you doing today, sir? I uh, kind of enjoyed the fact that you almost fucked up there. And it would have been a nice way to end the year with a nice William fuck-up in the intro. But we didn't get that, so... Hey, everybody. It's me. It's Calvin. I'm also known as Captain Richard around the internet. Uh, sorry if I'm missing out on you guys last week, but I had an emergency that I had to take care of that kind of delayed me. Emergency called too many idiots? Uh, kinda. Oh, well, joining us is my other perennial co-host, Clay, Commander Panda. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing pretty well, thanks. Alright, and Mark is still on Christmas vacation, so instead, we've got Mr. John Selsa himself, the Baldivian Bears! How are you doing today? Hey, what's happening? Thanks for uh, inviting me back onto the cast. Thanks for coming back on. I mean, we've, I, we've doubled our bear ship on the uh, yeah. on the cast. Yep. <laughs> now I know that we kind of had some bad blood before what with the bear baiting and Pocahontas getting upset about that. But hey, that's all in the past. Hey, we we made it through that block. Yeah, the whole block of Disney directed video sequels. Ugh. Oh, the wanking too is all right. But little to John's um, knowledge, it's actually bear hunting season in William's territory. He's just trying to collect them all together so he can just knock them all one at a time. Oh, no. It's a trap. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Foiled again. All right, then. So, before we go on to our topics today, and we do have a couple of different topics, one of which is actually going to be... Kind of important dish to me. To me, it's of course favorite commanders of the week. So, Calvin, who's your favorite commander this week? Do I have to pick one? Oh, I'd like you to pick one. Okay, fine. If I have to pick a favorite commander for this week, I'm just gonna go with Alessia, who <laughs> smiles at death. Yeah, that's right. I burped, and no, I'm not editing it out. You're gonna have to listen to that. So, I'm I'm going with her because, in my opinion, she's probably the best Boros commander we've gotten this year. I mean, granted, she's got that like black in her, but you know what? I I have no problem with a woman who has a little bit of black in her. Okay then, Clay, who's your favorite commander of the week? I am sticking with Dagatar this week, just because I haven't played terribly much over the past week, but I did get some upgrades for him. I stuck a hardened scales and a corpse jack menace into the deck, and they are amazing. Okay, Ooh, but did you get the bloodsport thrinex? I have not yet. 
I, I should have. You gotta let me know how the deck goes when you get the Bloodsport Thrain. I'll pick one up tomorrow night. It'll be fine. Yes. All right, John, who you got? I have a uh, relatively newcomer to the scene, Omnath Locus of Rage, because it is hysterical to make a buttload of elementals and then blow them all up and kill people. Like, using dormant ramp effects like Colony Heart Expedition and Wayfarer's Bobble. Perilous Forays. Perilous Forways. And then, like, attacking people with a bunch of guys. Make a bunch of guys in a turn, attack for a pile, and then just sack them to things like Goblin Bombardment. Because why not? Because some people like just holding the button over people's heads. Oh, yeah. Or just, like, deforce people out of nowhere. It's fun. <laughs> oh, God, I still remember the game where I got domed from 41 to 1 in one hit. I took two people out in the same turn, one from attacking up at 30, and the other person by th- flinging elementals at them for, like, 31. But the scape shift, John! The scape shift! Oh, I'm not even playing scape shift. So, like, the whole idea was I wanted to place some more commander, and Moto seemed like a decent place for it, and I wanted to come up with a list that was kind of cheap. So I was like, well, all math needs a lot of ramp stuff, and ramp stuff isn't generally that expensive, so I built a list that's, like, 30, 35 bucks on moto, and is quite content. Nice. Ooh, very nice. But can you can, do, can oh, you, ahead, sorry. But can you do it on the 10 ticket challenge? Ooh, that, that'd be kind of tough, but I could throw the deck list somewhere out there in the internet world somewhere. Uh, question? Yes? For the 10 ticket challenge, does that include the commander? I don't think so. We might have to have Tom on again in January. Actually, what? If the 10 ticket challenge doesn't include the commander, I'm pretty sure you might be able to pull off, uh, Omnath Locus of Rage deck with 10 tickets. I'm pretty sure it doesn't include the commander by virtue of some commanders being more than 10 tickets. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I can get it down to 10 tickets. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, because think of it. Like, I'm pretty sure rampant growth and all the cultivate-like effects can't possibly be that much. Oh, no. Even, like, a card like Boundless Realms is pretty cheap, which is awesome. Especially (laughs) with the Hammer of Perforos in play. It's like, oh. Yeah, and the thing is, like, and with the, and, and one third, one half of it is like red cards, so most of those aren't really that expensive in online format, right? Because no one really plays red competitively that well. Right, so and I any, think... And anything you would use for this deck pro- wouldn't, be, wouldn't really be anything you would need for a competitive deck. Oh, no, not at all. So according to MTG Goldfish, because I was just curious, I figured I'd upload the deck list and see how MTG Goldfish is pricing me online, and it looks like it is just under 19 tickets, actually. So, like, the only... Two 10-ticket challenges. Yeah, so the right. only, like... And, and some of these cuts are easy to bring it down. Um, and how much is the um, legend? Because if the legend doesn't count, then that could easily cut off, like, probably a good, like, couple of tickets from there. 50 cents. So, like, okay. you can easily cut out doubling season. Um, <laughs> you can easily cut Taiga. So that's four tickets right there. Um, I really don't want to cut the Perforos, but I could, well, if I had my choice between Perforos or Titania, I guess I'd probably keep Titania, because you make it tons of elementals that way, so, like, that's three tickets, so three, five, seven, yeah, you're pretty much in a 10-ticket range. But the thing is, with, uh, with, per- with Perforos, you could take him out and potentially replace him with that enchantment, the, um, Trimmers. Impact oh, trimmers. yeah, well, actually, I have two effects like that already, um, Warstorm Sturge and, uh, ironically... Where uh, Ancient's Tread, the good old Alara bulk mythic yeah, that's You should already applicable. have Where Ancient's Tread in there. Oh, yeah. Both of those like, are in there. You, yeah. Hey, John, can you put that uh, link into the show notes? Yeah. Sweet. Um, Where is it? Don't do it, John. He's trying to steal your deck. 
<laughs> oh no! Let's see. All right. First, we're gonna take Yugi's deck. Then we're gonna hey, split it up. It. He put it in there. He fell for it. <laughs> he fell for it. My OCs do not steal. <laughs> Probably even shave the Mossware Bridge. That's a ticket. So, like, yeah, this could easily be a 10 ticket challenge deck. It's not stealing it if it's an homage. Oh, and you also, like, you also get to play a really fun version of Upheaval, because why not? In the Great Aurora. Because you play so many lands. Alright then. I'm, so I'm gonna take a look at this list now. He's stealing. He's stealing it. I see him. It's not stealing it if it's an homage. Alright, so. Okay. Let's see, you got your experience. Oh no, I didn't mean to click that. Ah, oh, it's a trap. Alright, so enchantments. Warstorm Surge, Wearing Ancient's Tread. So like, what, I, I'm so building what you, this in paper, easily. Like, this deck is so fun. So, what are your sack outlets in this deck? You got Perilous Forays, Goblin Bombardment. I think those are in, in Wrath Effects. So, like, Blasphemous Act, D-Force, um, Rolling Earthquake, Fault Line, Star Storm, Savage Twister. Like, you could just blow up the world and get the same effect. Hmm. I like how Cultivate is, like, one and a half tickets, and Kodama's Reach is, like, zero. Yeah, or, like, on Goldfish, it's Cultivate is, like, super cheap. Mm. At least on what Tapped Out shows. Yeah, or, like, another fun thing that I did to kill uh, kill some opponents is attack innocuously with the Omnath and think, like, everything's cool, and then I Blood Rush Rebel Hulk and kill him. Commander damage. I <laughs> I've seen that before, actually. <laughs> Like, let's I, take a pile. I've actually just seen that. I see no Bulbarigmas, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, usually a lot of my lands just go right into play. Mm-hmm. I don't have too many that go into the hand. But, like, that's something definitely worth considering. I think I have a pretty... Do you need Tower in there? Um, Reliquary Tower. Actually, I have it as four cents. Oh. Um, Once again, it, tapped out as saying, like, 1.02 tickets. Probably because it's the Commander version. Yeah, this one, the one I'm looking at, Goldfish is M13. So, like, Reliquary Tower is ridiculous when you have Elemental Bond in play. Fair. Because, like, literally everything you put into play is just draw cards, draw cards, draw cards. Oh, I know. Um, I've cast Boundless Realms after that and once before, and that was ridiculous. <laughs> like, draw 10. Okay. It, like, this, this deck is just so fun. Because, like, you're just... The whole thing is, like, you're just sitting there, you're ramping, and you're doing normal things. Like, they expect you to just ramp and do stuff here or there. Then, like, you lay down an innocuous piece, like, everything's fine. Like, oh, I'll just lay down a Perforos, or I'll lay down, like, a uh, Where Ancients Tread. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. Then, like, you play your Omnath, and then, like, everything just goes bananas. Like, you know, you could be like, end a turn, I'm going to Harrow and do something else, and, like, make a bunch of guys untap. Like, let's just start attacking for a pile. <laughs> I really like Shamanic Revelation for a deck like this. Oh, yeah, I definitely have that. I believe I have that on my maybe board somewhere to drop pile of cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, like, if, if if somebody's looking to get into Commander on the cheap, especially with, like, the newer cards, because newer cards are fun, I super highly recommend, like, something like this, because you could do a lot of cool things with, with Omnath in, in of himself. I may be homaging that less soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, then. So, if oh, you like, I warned you. I warned you. So, if you like what we do here at Commander Cast, you know, all the different shows and articles and stuff that we do, uh, consider go ahead, consider heading over to our Patreon and providing us with a bit of the tip, but just the tip. Yeah, just a tip. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, in a couple, actually, by the time this show comes out, I will be in my last week of work. Wednesday will be the last day there. 
after that, I'm going to spend a week messing around with the video type stuff. And then I can start work, planning and working on the content I'll be producing to hopefully get some Then more we could access a little bit more in the tip. Yes, we can. And I can start giving tiers. Like, you can see the articles, like, two days early. So all kinds of great stuff to, to coming there. If you want to get on the conversation, go ahead and hit us up in the subreddit thread or in the comments on our Facebook, on the Twitters, all that awesome stuff. Moving on. Moving on, indeed. <clears throat> so today's topics... The ma- our main topic today, we're going to be doing a bit of an award show he- here. John's actually come up with some great categories for us to go over, but we've also got some more of the classic categories like best of 2015, worst of 2015. We're going to be talking about the different commanders that got released this year and kind of the impacts that they've each all had, it, at least the notable ones. But first, we have our community segment, and, well, let's... We're going to be talking about another type of commander that got released this year. We gotta take on a leak. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Well, <clears throat> yeah. So how's about them day leaks, boys? Um, Ain't it great? Isn't it amazing when people just randomly show up and just mess up an entire set for you? I yeah. love it. Is that what happens? So, over the past weekend that we were recording this, you know, a couple of weeks for you listeners, we got a lot of leaks and a lot of, you know, really cool, really shiny stuff, stuff that I haven't been paying attention to because I'm personally trying to avoid looking at leaks as much as possible. The Kozilek ended up being real, the Waste ended up being real, and the whole time I, all I can think is, wow, what if one of those had been our preview card? Like, what if... We had a chance to, you know, get a preview card, and one of those had just been it. Like, yeah. I remember, I remember back in, I want to say, tw- yeah, it was 2013. No, 2013? No, it was 2014, because that was when the monocolor ones were coming out. Last year, we got our first ever preview card, and then one of the deck lists got spoiled entirely. Calvin, you remember that. We all collectively shat ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap, what if our crown was in that deck list? Fortunately, it wasn't, and we still got to have our exciting first preview card reveal. But, wow. <sighs> so, here's the, here's the thing about leaks, and there's an article by Trick Jarrett, that I'm, the editor of DailyMTG.com, that I'm going to link into the show notes uh, when, I'm, when I have a moment to catch my breath here. But, I, fo- I follow the guys who make ma- magic, you know, R&D, you know, and all that. I listen to the Drive the Word podcast, and... I, as someone who also creates content and tries to come up with things that are special for you guys, I understand perfectly well how frustrated it is when you had this really huge and exciting surprise and then someone goes and spoils it for you. You know, probably the worst instances of spoiling something, I had a friend who had never seen The Sixth Sense. And when she told me that she was going to watch it that night, I told her flat out what the plot twist was. Thinking, oh man, I get to spoil the movie for someone. Like this is like this is Darth Vader's Luke's father levels of, you know, no of known plot twists. But Jesus, this asshole just goes ahead and throws a spoiler about a Star Wars movie out at people who probably literally just came back from watching Star Wars this weekend. You <laughs> ass. <laughs> no. But unrelated no, tangent. All the spoilers you could have potentially have just thrown out there. That one slightly really? unrelated tangent. 
Did you guys see the picture of the guy who posted a screenshot of, like, his Fandango reservation? And he was like, midnight ticket confirmed. Uh, totally gonna spoil this movie for everyone who isn't, who hasn't gotten a ticket yet. Um, who was dumb enough not to get a ticket yet. And then someone pointed out that the ticket reservation says 12 p.m., not 12 a.m. <laughs> and the guy flips his shit and tries to see if anyone will sell him a midnight ticket. Well, I know what's gonna show up on his Facebook feed tomorrow. <laughs> All right, so anyway, back so back on track. Back to leaks. Yes, back to leaks. Well, after I told my friend that plot twist, Jesus Christ, the look on her face. She, I had never seen a, a combination of like hurt and frustrated and pissed off as hell like that. So I've definitely seen what ruining the surprise for some people can be. Me, it kind of depends on a case by case basis. Sometimes I don't want any spoilers because I do want to get the excitement of discovering something myself. Like, playing Fire Emblem. There's a really cool twist in the most recent game, Fire Emblem Awakening. And then there's, yeah, I don't really care, care about this all that much. I'm going to find out what's, what goes on later so I can at least be on the discussion, like with Chrono Trigger. But with a set like this, when people work on this for three to four years, th- take a moment to think about that. For three to four years, someone like Mark Rosewater has to keep it inside. He has to keep it hidden away from you, from you guys until it's ready to go out there and, you know, just show off everything. That's intense. Like, for four years, you're, you're planning someone's a major awesome surprise, or even, like, your fiancé's proposal. Like, you spend four years planning out the perfect way to propose to them, and then, boom, someone tells them exactly how you plan on proposing the day that you were going to propose it. And you're like, son of a bitch. I was going to make this awesome, fantastic memory, and then you just... just took it from me i'm not saying that we we shouldn't be looking at these leaks which you know once they're out there they're out there and until watsy confirms or, or not it's speculation whether they're legit and i understand that people are going to look at the stuff and people are going to ask us what we think of them because hey these are commander relevant cards and all that but the reason why i am also on the train of don't bother acknowledging the leaks or the spoil quote-unquote spoilers until watsy has acknowledged them is partly because of that. It's out of respect for the fact that, yeah, these people worked a damn long time on these to make these awesome cards that they wanted to show, show off. And I kind of just want to be in there for the ride. So, guys, what are your th- thoughts on this whole fiasco? Well, it's cool to see stuff, but as it was said in that article, it's just such a scumbag thing to do. Like, sure, you get a little bit of internet fame, and you might get increased ad revenue and foot traffic on your website. But other than that, there's no reason to be doing this. Like, personally, if I got my hands on a crap ton of leaks, I would keep them to myself, and I would quietly start speculating on cards that might, you know, go up because of it. And I would use it to my own personal advantage and not share it with the rest of the world. Because revealing that information to the public is just a douchey thing to do. Yeah, and one thing I would have to personally say about this is, even when we ourselves here at Commander Cast, when we on the random occasion do get blessed by Wizards of the Coast to have a preview card, once it's given to like my to me, I don't give it to anybody else. I mean, I will inform a few of my friends. Oh yeah, guess what? We got a preview card coming. You might want to check the show out on X day, or I might like tell my closest friend like, yeah, like you know, I got a card. I'll show it to you, but I'm going to show it to you on this day because that's when I have to be, that's when I'll be able to show it to you and it won't actually matter. And it's kind of difficult to have to hold all of that in, but in the same token, 
it's kind of a responsibility just because you happen to know. I mean, think of it like this. If you were about to have a child, you and your spouse go to the doctor's office and there's an ultrasound going and you don't want to know what the kid is going to be. You don't want to know if it's a boy. You don't want to know if it's a girl. You want to be a surprise. And then the ultrasound tech, uh, ultrasound tech is like, yeah, hey, look at his penis. He kind of ruins the next eight or so months because now you know exactly what you're getting. And you kind of want to just grab that person up by the neck and joke them because they just kind of ruined this moment that you and your significant other were going to share together of surprise the day, uh, the day of the birth. And while granted, I understand I might be kind of like over-exaggerating the concept of a magic card and comparing it to the birth of a human life, but it's kind of a very similar feeling. Wizards of the Coast wants its audience and us to have a particular type of mood. They have a particular way they want to release things. They want to ease the concept of, oh, yeah, we're going to be doing this new mechanic, and it's a little different. It might be confusing. Some people aren't going to like it, like the flip mechanics or like the flip card was. But you know what? We're going to break it to you now. I'm going to talk to you this about, about this here, and then before you get a chance to get up in arms and be pissed about it, we're going to explain to you why we did it. But then when the spoilers like this happen to show up, a whole mechanic just randomly shows up. People who see it, they don't know what it is. And until Wizards actually tells them, the speculation on, oh, if this is the case, then what's this going to do? Oh, what is this going to do? Well, this is going to ruin the game because there's this. And you don't know if this is going to be a permanent thing in the game from every set from here on out, or if it's just something they're trying for this particular set because it's the theme. This, and that's me going off. I'm done. I'm going to go eat some pineapple. Yeah, like, <laughs> in, in the article, it was explained, like, how they were going to reveal Kozilek and Wastes. Like, they were going to wait until the World Cup and, like, in Uncharted Realms and stuff like that, tease the fact that, hey, Kozilek is still here. And then during the World Cup, they would be like, hey, look at this cool new mechanic and all these cool new cards, and this is how this works. But the fact that we saw the Kozilek and the Waste basic, like, a month in advance just ruined any sort of surprise and excitement that could come from that reveal. Because someone said, hey, I have access to this information, I'm going to publish it on the internet. And you know what the other part about that is, is you bring up a valid point, Clay, but also when something like that's for you, you have to think of it like this. Think of all the man hours that just got lost because someone wanted a few minutes of fame on the Internet. The amount of people at Wizards of the Coast that, know, that had this big plan for this big idea, all the money, all the revenue, the big posters, they had the big, like, magic cards they were going to reveal at Worlds, and they've been holding them on to secret, in secret in this, and all the ideas and all the man hours and discussions that's gone behind in the boardroom just so they could pull this off and have it for this one event so nobody knew about it aside from them and now it's all gone because someone decided they want to put pictures of it online now when the event comes yeah they'll probably still use all of that stuff but the whole discussion that they originally planned is kind of worthless now because they have to talk about it now because they can't wait until the world cup to be able to discuss it because people need to know this information now that it's out there and if they go through the process of denying it and then randomly still show it then, then people will just be speculating about this fake card between here and there. Mm. And then kind of ruining the effect when they do finally reveal it because, oh, well, we knew about this card months ago and you told us it wasn't real. So, John, you've been a little quiet on this. He's been eating chicken. What <laughs> <laughs> I look like? Leroy? Or should I say, Leroy Jenkins? It's more, it's more like Captain Redzo. Hey, he's got my chicken. Um, so I, I definitely like agree and empathize with the 
don't be that guy sentiment that I'm pretty sure like we all kind of been professing. Yeah, don't um, be that guy. Yeah, even nobody like, likes that guy. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah, even at small tournaments like towards the end where you're supposed to, as a judge, like give the collusion type talk. I kind of just summarize it as don't be that guy. Um, I'm I'm just trying to think realistically in terms of you know what can Watsi or the community do to actually stop that from happening? Because uh, I have to imagine the person who leaked it is somebody that works in the shop that's printing the cards. And like, because you can see by like the edges of some of the prints or whatever, if if they turn out to be leaks. Uh, yeah, my understanding was now this is just hearsay, mind you. Right. It was, it was either someone at the printing facility got a hold of these because they weren't properly destroyed, or it was someone who was leaving Watsi and decided to do this as a final fuck you. Right. So, mm. like, there, well, so as a final fuck you, I kind of would have to, I'm not have to like take plead the fifth on whether or not I would approve of that. Because if I was leaving a company and I was really pissed at them, I'm pretty sure I would probably end up doing something that would probably ruin something for them as well. But you know, I don't really, I can't, I can't really like say anything towards it being just a hey, you know what? I can't stand this place. I hate this place. I'm leaving. Here's the middle finger. Oh, and here's all this stuff that you did? Yeah, watch it burn while I'm walking away. Oh, wait, what? Oh, you want to call the cops because I burned this stuff on your lawn? I guess that's fair because I did kind of do something stupid here. But in this situation, this isn't the kind of thing where I, I don't think that... Actually, they might still be able to press charges if they so chose to do so. Actually, from what I understand, they can and will pursue any charges that they are legally able to do that. At the bare minimum, uh, if this person's a magic player, they're going to get banned from the from their from magic oh, yeah. events. Period. They yeah. they will have shit coming after them. Good, right? And, and they think, deserve it. I think that's yes. the natural like conclusion to it is that you know in the, the age of technology, we could find out who this person is and still get some sort of backlash. So. I guess maybe my parting advice would be, and hopefully nobody that listens to this cast would even think of something like this, but just, like, might want to think through the consequences. Even if you're disgruntled and wanted to do, like, an FU, like, just just thinking about, you know, what would be the potential consequences. Because you never know if, like, your FU, like, touches the wrong person and, like, they blackball you from whatever you wanted to do um, for another future opportunities and stuff like that, but, like... I mean that, and, and, and I hope maybe they can learn from the experience. Like, how however this ended up being leaked, you know, uh, make it a learning lesson for how to put tighter controls on either the printing process or, or you know, who has access to what or a Watsi. It's not. It's never going to be bulletproof. I, there's going to be more of these that will happen. Um, maybe not as frequent, but I'm sure it'll come up again. But um, yeah. it's it's kind of like what you know. It's more of like what can we take away from it and like do about it going forward. Right. And remember, we're talking about deliberate lease here. This is people getting inside information and then abusing that fact. Mistakes will happen. Some Like, hell, the last time we had a preview card, I almost gave it away before it was supposed to because I was trying out that whole, hey, we'll post an unedited version of the show early. And then I forgot that we recorded the preview card show right before that episode, and I, I saved it as one file. So I was like, oh, oh, fuck, 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 take off, take off. Oh, thank God no one's giving me money yet. Well, <laughs> yeah. You see what happens when we leave William alone for five minutes? 
Yep. So we had just got off the call. Just talked about this, William. So I didn't want to spend a whole lot of t- time talking about this. Just needed to make sure my soapbox was well used for the week. So did anyone what else? I will say though, I yep. think that the wasteland idea is kind of um, interesting. Oh yeah, it's definitely cool. But, but my only real question for it is, is that now like all those lands that just produce colorless mana. Or, like, we getting reprints of them anytime soon to just have, like, tap and have the waste symbol on it? Yes. Yeah. Next year's commander product is going to be Soul Rain Task for Diamond Diamond. Or CC. Which the official is shorthand is C. Hmm. <sighs> All right, then. So that's it for our community. Next up, we're going into the strategy segment, and we'll be right back. Woo! <sighs> Goodness. Okay, so today... Uh, my wife had previously purchased, you, um, you gentlemen know what those little, like, styrofoam mannequin heads look like? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so my wife had one of these, and she had left it in the back of the truck that we were using for my mother-in-law's truck. And I went to go pick my son up from school today. And since the head was in the back seat, he climbed into the back seat. I climbed into the front, and he yells out, hey, Dad, I got some head. And I looked back, and I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I got a little head. And I turned around, and he was sitting there holding the sta- uh, little styrofoam thing and shaking it at me. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I will exhale <laughs> loudly now. <laughs> I need to inhale for a bit. <laughs> that is awesome. So for strategy segment today, I decided to go about with something kind of light-ish, something that we don't, didn't have to go too deep deep on, but something that we could still get some good meat out of. It's how do we playtest our decks, and how do we know when to make changes? You know, kind of relevant since last Tuesday, I wasn't getting to play Daxos for the first time in his beta form rebuild, and I definitely know some things. It wasn't doing quite what I wanted to do, but it felt close-ish right off the bat. So I need to go ahead and go through, make some tweaks, figure out which cards aren't pulling the, the weight and all that. So that got me thinking, well, how are other people playtesting? For example, I've got a guy who just moved back to my area. Love you, Brian. And what he does is he actually lends out his deck to other people to get their perspective on what they play. You know, he loves his Zedra deck, and we all love his Zedra deck. But when he lent it to, to someone to play last Tuesday, you know, he was asking his thoughts on him. He's like, yeah, the deck is... Sh- it's completely defensive. Like, I can't proactively do anything. Like, I can't tap out or anything. So, okay, not a great deck for someone who wants to be proactive. But if the goal was to make it a completely reactive deck, which it was, then yay, success. So, <laughs> guys, what do you do when you have a deck that you need to start playtesting and figure out what you're doing with? Okay, I'll jump in. So Don't all speak at once. <laughs> So I think there's like a couple of things you could do to address maybe some various things. So I think first things first is just like what are your own draws look like and is it kind of smooth and so like kind of like level level zero is um, you can like kind of goldfish your deck, but even so like you can only do so much. So what I would pay attention to is um, do you things like do you feel like 
you have a lot of cards stuck in your hand and you can't do anything with them because you need to get to the right mana. In which case, for example, that example, you might want to consider adding ramp or, okay, I got enough ramp in here, but I don't have anything in the top end. Like, I have nothing good to do. Or, like, you can find things out like, all right, there's just too many times at Goldfish where I'm not getting my colors, especially if you're in, like, a five-color deck. You know, is there some way I could do some mana fixing? Things like that. But that will only get you so far. Um, I just like Trial by Fire, just, just actually playing games and taking, you know, some notes. Not, like, going crazy and pulling out a giant notebook. But, like, every game I play, I kind of look at, you know, certain cards and be like, oh, man, this card is really awesome. Like, I think this is really part of the core of the deck. Or, yeah, this card was, like, all right, kind of sit there rotting in my hand a lot of the time. Or, like, it didn't really have as much of an impact as I'd like. And sometimes you might, like, write it off temporarily just because it's like, oh, maybe this is a corner case. But just, like, keeping notes here or there. And then, like, and maybe actually just trying it, taking certain cards out and trying some other cards. So, you know, I, I think uh, in, in terms of, like, what you want to test, um, whenever I have my lists on tapped out, I use the Navy board a ton. Like for the Omnath deck, I got like 20, 25 cards in my Navy board of just all different things I want to try, you know? And when the time's right, I'll just bring them in and try them out and hopefully get a couple games in and when, when I draw them and, and just go from there. And eventually like I'll whittle down this Navy board list and I'll, I'll just keep flushing out this deck list as we go. But yeah. I, I'm more of a, you know, let, let's actually test this thing out and see what happens. Kind of guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so there's only so I'm much to Yeah. I'm mostly the same way that, like, I can theorycraft a list and get it down to 99 cards, but I need to just play games. Like, they're, the problem with a 100-card deck um, that has singletons is that if you want to make, like, one or two changes, it takes forever to see if those changes are actually impactful, unless you have a way to, like, find them when you need them. So generally, like, each change I make... I test it for a couple weeks, because there's no guarantee I'll draw the card each of those games, and you just have to figure out, does that change work? And one of the things that I've always been told is that if you are disappointed to have drawn a card, you probably need to switch it out. Like, if you... No words have ever been spoken. If you draw a card and you're like, ah, shit, I really wish I didn't draw this. If it's not something that has, like, a miracle cost or something like that, that if you had drawn it on the Miracle, it would have been devastating. If you're disappointed to see the damn card, don't play the damn card. But see, what if you're disappointed because it's not what the card is, but when you wanted to play it? Like, there are plenty of times where you get Soul Ring, and you're like, man, this wasn't what I wanted to draw right now. I am almost never disappointed to see a Soul Ring, because it's free mana. It is. But what if you, like, just need cards, like spells that actually do stuff? Like, yes, a Soul Ring is a great card to have, but it's not like, say, a Jace's Ingenuity where it helps refill your hand or a removal spell to just kill the and, thing that's about to kill you. And you should probably play more draw spells. <laughs> See, like, William's really trying to get at is this concept of you playing an enchantment-heavy meta, correct? Let's just say you, well, let's just say hypothetically play, you play in a meta that's very enchantment-heavy, okay? And mm-hmm. you pack in a few enchantment removal cards into your deck. Mm-hmm. And you happen to, say, draw, I don't know, like a naturalized and then you're like, ah, oh, sweet, this is a naturalized. I can now use it to blow up the biggest, most threatening enchantment on the board. And then when you come to realize, wait a second, the board state currently has no enchantments of value to naturalize. Because oh, everyone's but- got creatures or something. And it's like, no, oh, well, this card's just kind of, it was here for a purpose, but now I feel bad because I can't use it for that purpose. 
because no one's feel bad about drawing it there. Because if I know that there are giant enchantments sitting in other people's decks, then it will have a use later on in the game. Like it, it's a very broad statement. But if you consistently, in different scenarios, find yourself disappointed by drawing a specific card, then you should probably uh, replace like something. Like so, so, like every time he draws unnaturalized, there's never an enchantment, and he realizes that everybody's not playing enchantments heavy anymore. So now naturalized in the deck is kind of it's nice to know that it's there for when an enchantment will show up. But since basically for the last month and a half, people have kind of moved away from the enchantment heavy decks. There's no real need to keep it here. Yeah. And just testing in this format takes a lot of time. You have to play a lot of games to figure oh, out if yeah. like one or two certain cards are actually good in your deck, aside from just theory crafting. Um, basically, when I first build a deck, usually it's just an amalgamation of cards that I actually have. And as I start picking up things specific for that deck, I start by replacing the cards that I just put in there because I had them. And then when I get down into a solid list, when a new card comes out or something like that, you just have to take time. And at least when I'm home from university, I have several nights a week where I go out and play at Atomic Empire. It's a great store in Durham, North Carolina. You should check it out. Great um, shop. Got <laughs> I get a couple nights a week that I can go out there and play for several, several hours at a time. And it really helps speed up the testing process just to jam games in like that. Okay, so I remember that Eric Bonvi once came on the show and said that he has like this, these 10 card slots that are dedicated explicitly to cards that are interchangeable for test type cards. Have any of you guys tried anything like that? Like a wild card? Kind of. More, more like 10 experimental slots where it's like, yeah, I could cut these if I wanted to try something new, or if I just wanted to rotate in some new guys to see how they oh, work. Oh, yeah. It's like a flex slot. Yeah, I yeah, mean, a flex slot. I've done, I've done it more for, like, constructed, but I can totally see the same thing here. It's like, yeah, these cards are, like, I'm not sure if it's in the core of the deck. Like, I mean, the way I look at my deck list is, like, there's core cards that are just, like, yeah, these deck, these cards are, like, amazing. Like, for instance, uh... Sort of feast and famine in Daxos and Miletus, like because you want to untap all your lands and play whatever you take off the top of their deck, like Snapkeep. But then there's other cards like uh, like Relic Seeker, where it's like, man, it sounds like a really cool tutor. I'm sure I could probably get in there and connect and go get the equipment. But if I have like more disappointing experiences and like awesome experiences, then like yeah, it's flexible where I cut it. Yeah, I definitely like, have those cards in mind. Maybe not, like, written down, like, these are my flex cards, but, like, I definitely keep mental notes as I go, like, yeah, that one probably should go, or this one, yeah, this is actually much better than I thought. So totally, yeah, totally agree. You see, the one problem with, like, the 10-card flex spot that I've always come across is is that if I were to build a deck, yeah, I could easily say, like, if it's, like, the first time I'm building a deck and it's, like, a brand-new deck that I've got together, yeah, there's going to be a few cards in there that would be more than willing to kind of swap out in case something else happens to fit the bill. But then I've come to notice that after enough time, it gets to the point where those 10 cards just disappear for me. And it gets to the point where now every card in this deck is something that I want here. So now if something new does show up and I might actually want it, I have a much harder time to figure out what I actually want to take out. At which point then I kind of have to go through the deck and be like, all right, I've all, all the cards in here that I do want, which one would I miss the least, even though I do still want it? And I come across that problem a lot when I'm dealing with, like, say, a 
a deck that I've had for a while, like my Urelda Mistalker deck or like the Built Order Defiled deck, because those decks were decks that I've had for the longest. I've been playing around with them for the longest. I've put them together. Beltor has pretty much all the zombies in it that I want, and even, like, some of the classic zombies that are good, I don't want them in there because I've actually gotten the deck tuned up to a point where I feel good about it being in its position. But then, like, something new shows up that involves zombies, and I kind of want to slot it in, but now I've got to find, like, another good card to take out to potentially put in, like, these one or two other cards that may or may not actually work in the deck. And then they become my flex cards because they're the newest ones and potentially the most likely to get booted. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's like a strict upgrade. Like, if it's a card that's almost exactly like another card, but it's like one mana less, or it's one ma- it's the same cost, but the body is bigger, or it has like an ability that's similar to something else, but does way more, then at that point, like, yeah, you just automatically go out because this one's better than you are, so screw you. Yeah, actually, and something that I think you kind of highlighted, Calvin, too, that um, is kind of two different ways of looking at the playtesting is there's benefits if, like, you're looking at a set of cards, which is kind of nice and refreshing. Like, I'm going to take out these, I'm going to try these other ones, and I think that will get you results quicker in terms of which of those cards are going to be good or not so good, because you're going to draw at least one of those pretty consistently if you're put, you know, bringing in something like as many as ten. Um, if it's something that's like one card, I think a reasonable recommendation is, you know, ask if like your play group is okay with just start, starting with that card in your hands or you can like, or ask for like an ability where you can cycle a card and get that particular card and put it into your hand. Like if it's something that you want to draw, um, later in the game, just to see how it plays out. Um, that's something that, like, you can ask with your group. Or even, like, take a note. Even if you didn't draw the card, you can be, like, even make a note and be like, you know what? Like, I actually really wish I would draw this card. Um, things along those lines. Like, I just wanted to, to draw, like, the, the nuances between, like, trying a set versus, like, trying an individual card. Yeah, and the main thing is, like, yeah, even with trying a set, that typically comes out to be a lot better for you because you have a much higher rate of doing it or hitting it. Sure. Like, say, for instance, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, say right. for instance, like you wanted to try a brand new set of like um, removal spells, you know? Like, you wanted to try something like this: so the the white if a creature attacks, instant exile attacking creature type effects over, say, a path and swords. You can easily just swap out path, swords, oblivion ring, and put in like two or three copies of those for your like celestial purges and whatever the case may be, and get a chance to run them because now you have a much higher chance at hitting that type of card. Oh, but yeah. If it's a particular individual card, then, yeah, the chances of hitting it drastically go down. But in the same token, there's going to be times where, you know, that card might be in your deck for, like, months and you've never seen it because you just haven't drawn it and you completely forget you even put the damn thing in there. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think a perfect example was I thought for some reason it might be cool if um I ran, like, the Wrath effects were, like, I'm keeping my elementals and, like, blowing up everything else. So, like, maybe, uh, like, wildfire. So, like, wildfire deals four to all creatures, which leaves my five fives in play and kill, like, a lot of other stuff. And then I realized, like, I kind of want my things to die to get, like, a whole pile of Omnap triggers. So I, like, swapped out all those types of effects, like your your wildfires or any of, like, Breath of Daragaz, like, things that deal four, and then, like, put in... Like Fault Line, Starstorm, Savage Twister, Blasphemous Act, D Force, like like a solid four or five cards that that all aim to do the same thing, which is like 
blow up everything. And, like, you get a good feel, because because you cut so many cards to try on these other ones, that, like, your deck actually changes a little bit. So then you can take a note of, like, oh, yeah, I missed, like, X kind of things, because I cut these. Um, but, like, some of these Y things are good, so maybe I want to try cutting some other cards um, to, to get both effects, if I want my vanilla and my chocolate. Ooh, I heard chocolate. Chocolate and my vanilla. peanut butter. You got your peanut butter and my chocolate. You got my chocolate and your peanut butter. Officer Reese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, and now while we're on the discussion of this, here's a question that I'm going to oppose to the group that's still available because I think Clay went to the bathroom. Yep, Clay's back. Hey, Clay, back just in time. Yeah. Because as we're discussing the concept of cards to put in and take out and the concept of moving that stuff around and all the other things, I'm thinking about, I, I currently have a new copy of one of the Hamlet Lands. Wait, Hamlet Lands? And that's current. Yeah, that's what I'm calling the lands from Bad Wars. Uh, I think you just... Wait, what? He's calling They're it Hammond Hamlet Lands because it's two base lands. Because the question is, two lands or not two lands? That is... Yeah, the question is, two lands, lands or not I'm two sorry. lands? That is the question. I'm sorry that that okay, is almost That's what I'm calling them. Deal with it. As tank. I still call so, them Zone Lands. Hey, I like, I like Hamlet, lands. so I'm going with that. So with the with the new uh what is it the green white one the land is a forest and a plains and it taps with the green white comes in to play tapped if you don't control two basic lands or more yeah. I'm thinking about putting it into my Zur the Mistalker deck and the land I'm thinking about taking it out for is Salt Crusted Step mm-hmm. now in my mind I'm thinking okay so the 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 Tango Hamlet Battle whatever land has the potential just shows up, it's a forest, it's a plane, I can search it, I can sack and search for it, comes in tapped, or I can just have it and automatically have green-white. But with the mm-hmm. salt-crusted step, I have the option to put storage counters on it and potentially use it to get more mana from what I've put into it at a later time. Storage lands are always awkward to think about, because it's basically like, the longer the game goes, the better they become, the earlier you have them. So it's basically like, are you a long game deck? That you're is the question. Then you probably no. would not want it because you want to get your thing down and you want to suit him up and you want him to beat people's faces. Whereas a storage land is more, I'm going to sit back for a while, the crew counters, and then use all this mana at once to do something big. Right. Because I think what the storage land that I find in the uh, Urel to Mistarker deck is that since they don't come in tap, you can always use them for colorless. And it always helps because, you know, Urel needs at least two colors, and at least um, needs two colorless spots. Anyhow, doesn't need it, but, you know, he's five. And if you have it early, you can just go ahead and just start putting counters onto it and then just use it to make up for the green, white, and potentially the extra commander cost for later. But then also, on turns where you don't have artifacts or enchantments or whatever the case may be to suit Zer up, or say Zer, uh, not Zer, uh, Urel dies and he happens to go to the command zone, and I know it's going to be another, like, two or three turns before he shows up, like, all right, I can take these next two turns, draw a card, and at the end of turn, put a counter onto this just to make it a little bit easier to get Urel back later. Hmm. But then again, the with the Vista... Just awkward. Yeah, yeah, but then again, with the Vista, because it has the land type of the forest and the plains, I can always just fetch it and get yeah. it easier and get it earlier and automatically instantly have like the green white color land fixing in a deck like Urel 
I would probably opt for Battlelands over Storage Lands because you want speed. That, that is my two cents on that. All right. Did anyone else have anything else they want to give out here? Uh, let's see. The only other thing I can mention is I typically build decks and I play them against Horde decks. And if you want to hear more about that, you can probably go ahead and check it out in the dangly bits because I already talked about that earlier and I'm not doing it again here. All right then. So that's been it for our strategy segment. Next up. All right. I've been waiting for this. It's time for us to head into technology and to the main topic for tonight, the award show. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be going through the different commanders. We'll be right back. That was not awkward at all. Uh, What happened? Um, Mallory went to go take a shower, and as as soon as she turned the water on, I stuck to my room, grabbed my wallet, ordered her Christmas present. Without her knowing. Oh. Uh, you sneaky bastard. I know. She didn't even see me grab my wallet. You see, for, for a brief moment there, I thought he was going to say that she went to the bathroom to go take a shower, and he snuck in there, hit the toilet flush switch, and then ran out no. and just hit her with a bunch of hot water, and she had Apparently, no idea where it came from. Apparently, the house that she, one of the houses she grew up in, that was actually a problem, especially because there was only one bathroom in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Mallory's always a, Mallory only takes showers when she's at home alone because she's afraid someone's going to come in and flush. Alrighty then. So as we're recording this, we're only a week off from Christmas, but you know what? We're not recording next week because. It's Christmas. What the hell? You're expecting us to record on a national, worldwide holiday type thing? No way. So, it's time for us to go ahead and take a look back this year. And you know what? We're going to hand out some awards. We're going to look at all the new commanders that we got this year, which includes Fate Forge, Dragons of Tarkir, Origins, Battle for Zendikar, and Commander 2015. Because remember, the summer products happened to be Modern Masters, and there wasn't anything new there. So what we're going to do here is we got five categories that we're going to go through, and then some bonus categories that John's been so helpful with making. I love these quite a bit. So the first thing we've got here is Best Commander of 2015. Guys, there are, I want to say, 45 new commanders this year, because five of them were alternative reprints from the commander uh, precons, and then there were three more on top of that. Yeah, it's 45. So we have all these commanders. Who do you think deserves to be number one? Who wants to speak first? Well, whoever holds. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 23. That's a number that's going to become relevant in a moment. Let's see. Like we're talking most powerful, or just our personal favorite 2015. We can go with personal favorite. That's a tough one. There's so many good ones. Yes. So who would be your pick for best commander 2015? Let's put it that way. Uh, I will kick it off because I've talked about them a lot, and I think I'm going to keep talking about them because I keep having fun with them. I'm going to go with Omnath, who is going to have another award, but we weren't, we're not going to spoil it. But, like, I, I, I love commanders that you can build around and do cool tricks and things with, and, like, Omnath this year seemed to do it for me. It's just like, okay, the, the whole goal is, like, play with lands, deal with elementals. Like, could easily do that. We got lots of cards that could do that. So, 
it's really cool. It's really fun. Like, I love playing it. Like, I I haven't gotten bored yet after a whole pile of games. Like, it's it is it's really really fun. Okay, so uh, my that, that, nominee. Okay, go I just see. realized a category we forgot. What's what? that? Because best commander of 2015 and most fun commander of 2015 could be completely different things. Oh, okay. They yeah, could be, fair. but for the purposes of this, I am not going to separate them. Okay. Because usually, who you think is going to be the best by your own criteria will be the one you had the most fun having. So mm. that's more think, or less my logic with it. Well, I think fair. powerful, if you ask me that question. Now, we can have a separate category for the most powerful commander, yes. Yeah. But I, you just I, have that debate last week? So, yes, we can have a most powerful commander later. Okay. But for now, right. but for now the best is close enough personal to... Personal favorite. Yeah. Your, your personal nomination for best commander is more or less similar to what you think is fun. Yeah. All right. So, I'll stick with Amnef. Uh, I'm Nom Nom. All right. Calvin, so, go ahead. So my nominee for my what I would consider probably be the best commander for the year would be a Tarker World Renderer. Because this dragon has been so damn powerful for me since she's shown up. Uh, let's see here. She's gone into the Prosh deck and has given me instant kills just for being around. Prosh sacrificed a bunch of tokens. Oh, now Prosh has double strike and he's an 11-11. That's instantly killing somebody. <laughs> and even when, like, she is the commander, she shows up. Oh, look, Xanagos showed up before she did. Yep. Oh, he's giving, he's doubling her up and she's a dragon. Now she's a 12-12. Now she's now she's a twelve creature. She has twelve attacks. And she's sitting twice. Yeah, that's killing somebody. So yeah, in the deck, at the helm of the deck, this big, massive, sexy BBW of a lady is going to show up and just squash you. And I hope you're ready for it. That was classic. <laughs> um, I think the most fun that I've had this year with a commander um has to be split between Mizix of the Is Magnus because casting a shit ton of spells. And the deck is just a lot of fun to play. Um, I get to say, like, okay, I'm going to pay blue and cast Prosperity. Everyone draw 20 cards. And then I'm going to pay red and fireball you for 20. And we're just going to go around the table. Wait, did he just say 420? Hmm. 420. Damn right. Uh, but the other one that I've had a lot of fun with, um, playing French Commander on occasion at F&M's in Greensboro, uh, Tassiger the Golden Fang. Just because Sultai Control is immensely powerful. The deck is amazingly fun. No one else gets to have fun, but I get to have fun. And that's what matters. <laughs> well, my nomination this year is one character. Because I kind of had to cheat a little bit on this. It's a Tarka. Is it Dak Faden? No, it's a Tarka. There is no Dak Faden. Dak Faden's a lie. There's only Zul. So we've got a Tarka World Renderer who, who who's the uh every time a dragon attacks, it gets double strike. You can just one shot people out of nowhere with just like one or two card setups. And then you've got a Dragon Lord of Tarka, who's just this big behemoth of a dinosaur thing. And I love both of her incarnations so much. On the to the it's to the point where, you know, I have my little binder that has a second copy of all my commanders. You know, to keep it like a fire safe in case I lose my collection in like a fire or get stolen or whatever. So I can at least rebuild with the commanders. But I had to have a cop, an extra copy of each of them because I keep flipping back between which one I want to play. Sometimes it's meta dependent. Sometimes it's, okay, am I going to be playing against faster, small aggro decks? Well, let's go ahead and bring out Dragon Lord of Tarka so she can clean up the field. Do I just want, do I feel like just one-shotting people out of nowhere? Let's go with the baby of Tarka. So, 
Yeah, love my big green zombie di- dinosaurs deck with Dragonlord <laughs> at the helm. All right, so guys, let's go ahead and list off our nominations here. We've got Dragonlord Atarka, Clay had. Uh, I'm going to go with Mizzix. John, you have Omnath, right? Yep. And Calvin? Mine's was uh, Atarkin, uh, Atarka, word renderer. All right, then. So, those are our nominations. You, at home, go ahead and leave us a comment or hit us up in the subreddit about who you think should be winning in this category. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we come back in a new year, we can actually read off the winners of the nominees if William ever actually gets around to reading the comments. Hey, I we also have a nomination for card of the year sitting here in the show notes. Oh, we need somebody to get that graphic into the show notes. Um, I, I just linked to the graphic. Um, I can see if I can copy paste it over from Imgur. Copy image. Paste. Eight fucking bears. Card of the year. Good. I mean, granted, the stats on it are a little off, but still. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely need. There, there are eight 16, fucking 16. bears in in this. But it's fucking still eight card. fucking bears in that fucking card. I'm getting sick and tired of all these motherfucking bears on my motherfucking card. No, no. Fine. It's fair. It's fair. It plays. Bears. The bears. The eight bears. The bears. The eight fucking bears. Okay, so what's the so what's the next category we're going with? All right, so of course <laughs> most leaked. Total twenty sixteen lead contender. So uh, there were some others that got leaked, but anyways. So if there's a best, unfortunately, there has to be a not the best. Let's, let's just call it what it is. It's the worst of twenty fifteen, guys. Mm. Who is your nomination for worst commander to come out in twenty fifteen? I will start. I honestly don't think there is actually a like. You know, go ahead, I'll let you guys go, but I really don't think that there's really an argument here. So okay, th- this guy, um, dis- disregarding all the Boros stuff because Calvin's <laughs> gonna rip into that. Um, he's overcosted, has a really dumb ability, and ooh, ooh. he, can he, I he guess? fucking yes. I will take Alhammer at High Arbiter for two hundred Alex, and you got it. Yes. Um, Alhamaret is one of the really kind of dumb legendary mentor creatures from, from Origins. Um, it's a 5-5 flying sphinx for 7 that you get to meddling mage a card that an opponent reveals from their hand. So I guess you get to stop one person from casting one thing, but the fact that you have to choose something that is revealed that way is just really, really dumb. You can't name their commander. You can't name their combo piece if they don't already have it. I guess you get to see everyone's hands for for two mana and get a 5-5 five, five flyer. Well, there's like, so many kill five spells. Like, 5-5 five, five flying and then, I don't know. There's so many kill it's, spells that, like, you're gu- like, you'll die to something else, which will unlock yeah. the pair. He's, he's, just, he's just bad. I don't <laughs> like him. Not at all. <laughs> I like that. Get this, it's just get this bad shit award. out of my out of my gatherer. I'd rather him not exist. <laughs> get this pumpkin out of here. Oh, looks like the the eight fucking bears link broke in the show notes. Oh no! Where the, where the image link did. Maybe Andrew was like, no hot linking. Uh, that probably would be the most disappointing moment of the night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So John, who's your worst commander of 2015? Man, it's hard to follow up. Uh... Clay's pick, because that is quite good. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> by, by good, I mean, like, the complete opposite. I <laughs> think... 
think the worst one I could think of, especially because it's like it has some cool things on it, but it or or like what looks like it might have decent things on it, but it's just bad. Is Salumgar the Drifting Death? Like, yeah, all right, he's a hexproof guy, but he's only got three power. Yeah, it's not gonna do that much. And then like. Defending player gets neg one, neg one, like, eh. And then, like, how many, there's, there's dragons in blue and black, but, like, only so many compared to, like, green and red. So, like, this yeah. is, like, the epitome of, like, eh, eh, yeah, and eh. <laughs> Incidentally, can someone, uh, lift, uh, write down the nominations in the different categories as we go over them? Oh, yeah, probably. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Clay. Love you. All right. In a, you know, friendly, but platonic way. <laughs> in a, I want to cut Hashtag it with you because you're a cute. <laughs> so, since I, since Calvin's gonna want a little bit of a soapbox for his, I'll go next. My worst commander of 2015 is Dagatar the Adamant. Just uh, for a pre-con commander. So before cons, like you pay three mana to move a one-one counter. Yes. That's all he does. Yeah. So. Like. I wanted this to be cool, but just hearing how depressed Mark was to play him, that that really did it in. See, I, I've been playing him recently with no expectation of winning and found it hilarious. And I've actually won a crap ton of games with him. Yeah, and see, that's where we differ, because I had delusions of winning with him. <laughs> see, I put Dagatar together as the absolute lowest power threshold that I own. I have no expectations of the deck performing well, and I have a blast. See, exactly. That's exactly it. I went in there with expectations, and he way underperformed. You went in there with no expectations, so therefore he overperformed. Fair. All right, Calvin. All right, so what I'm going to say here is first, with uh, with our Hammerhead, one, it's a Sphinx, it's blue, it has flying, and it's a 5-5. You can probably still win a good game with that. And since you're in blue, you can go right ahead, blink it out, and try and get more use out of that effect. So, yeah, it's bad, but if you're dedicated, you might work around with that. With Dagatar, yeah, he shows up, he does plus one counters, and he does the whole moving thing, but he's got green in him, and there's other creatures in green that have plus one, plus one counters. We might be able to doubling season or something, you know, get something going there. You feel me? And what, what, wait, what was the um, third one? What was yours, um, John? For worst? Yes. Slumgar the Drifting Death. Oh, yeah. And with Slum, oh, there we go. And with the and with the Drifting Derp, at least with him, you have a flyer that's also got hexproof written on it. And you know you can potentially deal with people who have tokens and stuff. So you know they're, they're all three of these to an extent kind of have like yeah you might have to work a little harder to get it, but you know you probably still can make it work. So my nominee is a commander that, in my opinion, is never going to work. It's probably going to take another, like, three or four sets before he even attempts to work. And that's going to easily be Munda, the ambush leader. Because, quite frankly, all he is is a 3-4 with haste. That rally ability, it ain't doing shit. You ain't going to have no allies in your damn deck. You can't get up. You can't build an allies deck with just red and white. You put him in your deck. Okay, fine, but he ain't helping. He's just a 3-4 with haste that's just going to look at the top library and be like, ah, that's nice, put that shit back. Nope, uh, there's almost nothing on his ability that will help you, and if you just needed a body that could attack with haste, you could easily just went with, like, ball lightning and been just as happy. 
You could have gone and grabbed another creature. Hell, you could have just put down an enchantment that gave your creature's haste, and any other creature would have been better than this. Fair so that's my nominee. Oh. At least with the, with, with the other three guys in this category, um, but at least with them, we can potentially work a deck for them. With with Munda, there's no work in a deck with this. You ain't a commander. You're not even a spot in the uh, allies deck. Okay, then. So, let's go on to our next category. Clay? Don't forget the vote. Yeah, don't forget the vote. Don't worry. All of our nominations are going to be in the show notes. So go ahead and let us know on the Facebook page, in the subreddit, or even on Twitter, who your pick for each of the categories is going to be. So, Clay, why don't you go ahead and start us off with this next category? Okay, this next category is the category for cards where they printed them, and then you see them half a year later, and you're just like, wait, that was a thing? This next category is most easily forgotten commanders. Ones that they print, they might look cool when they come out, but in the end, no one ends up playing them. They're super underwhelming, and no one just actually gives a shit about them. Um, Let's see. My pick for this will probably have to be uh, Dwinnen, Guilt Leaf Dane, because just like, yeah, it's an elf legend. You'd still rather play Azuri. I went through this list earlier, and I had actually completely forgotten that she had even been printed. Uh, so I think that pretty much qualifies it for this. Yeah. And I guess life gain when attacking is cool and being a lord, but you're just too expensive for it. You're four mana. Like, really? Get on Azuri's level. Mm, yeah. All right. So my pick is actually going to be one that Clay suggested last time. It's Al Hammeret. Like, until he brought it up, I actually just forgot that this guy was a thing. Like, I played with him in limited once... And that was it. I feel like there's the, we have the potential to just have an entire cycle here. So, John, what was yours? I'm going to go with Ojitai Soul of Winter, because the other Dragon Lord Ojitai was so cool, I think it's easily forgettable that there was actually, like, a dragon before him that was printed. And given that he's way, 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 way crappier than... Um, Dragonlord Ojitai, I think he's super easily forgettable. <laughs> like, I bet without looking, outside of the fact that he's blue-white and he flies, because he's a dragon, nobody knows what else is in the tech box, text box. No, he's, he's flying because dragons have wings. Mm-hmm. We got that far. Yeah. And that's, that's about, about it. as far as we're going to get. <laughs> well, I guess I should, for and people since, listening and along. It's, and since it's blue-white, it probably has something to do with, like, spells or something, right? Mm, yeah, no. And most likely it's gonna be like, nope. When, it's right. vigilance. Whenever a dragon you control attacks, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls that permanent doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So oh, very right. blue white, but but yeah, no, just just no. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. <laughs> don't play. Don't play Soul of Winter. Play Dragon Lord. Right. Yes. Play the Prey Mantis Dragon. Yes. Play the actual playable dragon. All right, Calvin. So my nominee for Easily Forgotten, and the reason I'm going with this is because John pointed him out to me earlier. It's going to end up being Hixus, the prison warden, because <laughs> uh, John said his name, and I completely, I was like, who? Because initially, when we started, when we came up with this category, I was going to go with Dwinnin. I was going to go with Dwinnin with the Guilt Leaf Johnson, but um, then he mentioned Hixus, and I was like, who the hell is Hixus? And I had to scroll through the list just to find it. I was like, oh, yeah, there is a creature in here that is legendary, that is also in, that was printed this year. 
and I completely and totally forgot that this thing even existed. So that's going to be my nominee because it's a legend that had an ability, and it's in white, and I play red white, and I didn't even remember he even existed. <laughs> I remembered Sandra's parents. I remembered Sandra. I remembered even most of the Boros commanders from this year. Yeah, if you had white or black, you remembered or them red because they were so terrible. Them. Yeah, I remembered them. This hey, guy is so terrible. Hey, you forgot him. Hey, I still remember Siege game parents. Hunter, is it? Let's see. Would it be bad if the reason that I re, I don't remember him is because he might have actually have been good in comparison to like the other ones we've gotten? No, he's he's still bad. Yes, no, he, no, he's no, still no, bad. Calvin, but no, like, Calvin's got it because we have commanders that are just so notoriously bad. It's like. Uh, I still had the taste of that in my mouth. Ugh. And then we have commanders yeah, like, good. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying, like, he's bad. But in the same token, the other ones were so horrible that I didn't even get a chance to shit on him because I was empty from shitting on everybody else. Yeah, that's more or less it. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, Hicksis, your day might come if I happen to remember to talk about you at some point. But, man, I've got there's some stinkers on this list. <laughs> Woo! All right, then. So, for our next category, Calvin, why don't you go ahead and lead us out with Breakout Commander? Okay, so for the Breakout Commander, basically, this is the commander that was printed this year, and we're probably not going to really be talking about, like, the reprints, like, the seller or whatever the case may be, because we've got a chance to see them before, we've got a chance to play with them. A Breakout Commander has to be someone that was printed this year that we can easily look at and be like, you know what, that commander, that commander's going to have a deck years into the future we don't know it we're not even like thinking about it right now but just in comparison this is probably going to be the commander from this year that we will be seeing next year and a year after and a year after so with that in mind my nominee for the breakout commander of the year is going to be mr cash money himself noyandara the royal spelt the the royal shaper there's on the rocks yep mr money in a bank mr million dollar belt uh, yeah, he's the one I'm going with because he's the commander I easily see years from now because of his weird ability to change lands into, like, creatures and give them, like, the plus one counters and actually can have, like, a whole deck around him and just spells and land usage to kill your opponents is so different and so unique that I can easily see, like, three, four years from now, he's still going to be at your local playgroup as long as people remember him. And he's a merfolk. And he's in white and blue, so chances are he's not going to get forgotten that easily. I mean, people don't forget merfolks that often. Fair. All right. John, who's your breakout commander? I'm going to go with Zada Hegen Grinder. So he's the guy that's 3-3 three, three for 4, where we cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only him or her, I guess. Copy for each other creature you control that spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. I think it's going to be a breakout because... Like, over time, they're going to print more instants and sorceries that are going to, A, make goblins, uh, token, if you will, and B, like, really cool pump-like effects for Zada that's going to, like, also affect everybody and do super awesome, cool stuff. Like, I think the same argument can be made for Mizzix, but I think it's a lot more obvious with Mizzix, because that's what mm. you want to do in blue-red, but, like, red, not so much, and, like... I know Tom's already doing some things in that space, which is really, really awesome, but I think it's only going to get better from here. So I'm going to go with Zada. Fair. All right, then, Clay, who's your breakout commander? Um, I'm going to have to say Karlov of the Ghost Council, just because... Creepy grandpa. Uh, No, Ghost Uncle. There we go. Yes, Uh, Ghost Uncle, because my my second pick um, is just kind of an upgrade, whereas Karlov um, is just kind of a brand new deck there. 
because you don't really have that many aggressive black-white commanders, and you definitely don't have any aggressive black-white life-gain commanders. Like, Karlov is just incredibly powerful for just two mana, and the fact that he is removal, he gets really big really fast, and he comes down really quickly. You can just kill people. I think he's a really cool, really cool commander with a really cool deck to build. Hmm. All right. And my breakout commander for 2015 is Daxos the Returned. I the think the other black white commander. Yeah, like the black white commanders were actually just really cool this year. So with Daxos, he really fits a niche that wasn't filled before. You know, black white enchantress was kind of a thing without it really being the focus. Like you had tokens and you had Reanimator and maybe once in a blue moon you had Selenia Tribal Angel. But Daxos does something that's really unique to those color combinations. When you have something that's really niche like that being filled, you have a commander that's just going to become the go-to option for that. Like, if you want to play tokens, but you don't want to play... If you want to play a black-white commander that makes tokens, you're going to be playing Daxos. If you want to play a black-white deck that has a lot of enchantments, you're going to be playing Daxos. All right, then. So we had one last category for these commanders. If you hadn't noticed... Um, this was a year for character reinterpretation, if you will. <laughs> for one, we had Dragons of Tarkir, where all the Dragon Lords got buffed up some. We had alternate timeline cons. In the Commander Precons, we actually check in on a couple of characters that we hadn't seen in a while, like Daxos and Azuri. So, oh, in Battle for Zendikar, how could I forget? Drana and Ulamog came back as newer versions. Even on that. So, we have a lot of returning char- cast characters. So, this next category is called, What the Hell Happened to, th- to This Guy? And if I were to understand this category, we're going to go with the commander who is... Who, let's go with commander who evoked the biggest reaction compared to how they originally worked with their current card. Right. And, so, uh, and for clarification, that means, like, if the original commander sucked, and the second iteration just became up, and it's like, oh my god, this is so much better than the original. Why didn't they just do this the first damn time? That still counts. If the command and vice versa, like if the original commander was awesome or decent, and then the second incarnation just kind of stanked, then it's like, what the hell? Why did this happen? So my nomination is going to be Azuri, partly because that whole thing about him finally getting captured and forexionized—it's such a strong emotional resonance. And it's like, oh, 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 dear God. It's, it's like the episode of Star Trek where you find out Picard has actually just been converted into Borg. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah, that, that, that happened. Yeah. So Dude, That seems like a valid nominee because I kind of want to figure out what the hell happened and how did this occur. Yeah. So, John, who's your pick? I'm going to go with Colagon. So, Colagon in Fate Reforged was, is actually pretty awesome. You know, the five drop, four or five flyer, whenever a dragon you control attacks, creatures you control get plus one plus out on the turn and also dashes, which is sweet because you're usually making like a dragon army and all your dragons get super pumped. Like this card's like an all-star. Uh, maybe not to like the, maybe not like 10 out of 10 or 11 out of 10, but like, like really, really good. Like eight out of 10, solid. And, and kind of having some like high hopes that like, all right, this one's very, very good. Dragonlord Colagon's gonna be sweet. So yeah, so, so I had some high hopes for Dragonlord Colagon. And I look at it, and like, 
none of the text box really matters that much. Like, okay, flying haste, 6-5 for 6. Sure, that's, like, fine. It's very vanilla-y. Other creatures you control have haste. Yeah, okay, that's, that's nice. And then you look at whenever an opponent casts a creature or planeswalker spell with the same name as a card, in his or her graveyard, that player loses 10 life. And it's, like, very unapplicable to EDH. And just made me very, very sad. And kind of like, what the hell happened to this guy? That Shadowborn yes. Apostle deck, brah. Yeah, yeah. The one guy in, like, the one out of 37 games that played Shadowborn Apostle. So, ergo, what the hell happened to Colgan? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good one. All right, Calvin. Okay, so my nominee for what the hell happened to this character is going to be Zergo. Because last year, we got Zergo Helm Smasher. Basically, he was like a big old 7-2. He attacked each turn. He had haste. He was real aggressive. He had that indestructibility thing if it was your turn. And, like, you know, he basically, what was it? Uh, When he dealt damage, and what was it? Uh, Whenever a creature dealt damage by Zergo died you got like a he got a plus one counter i think it was or whatever it was but still original zergo he was smashing helms he was a badass he was like one of the biggest dickets on the block you did not mess with zergo period end of story and then apparently that wasn't the end of the story because someone decided to jump into their tardis and go back into time and alter some stuff and then next thing you know we come back and zergo is no longer smashing helms he's now bell striking and he's gone from a 7-2, respectively, com- and completely skipped leg day, as per, as per usual, which was expected. He only had two in the beginning. But this time, he completely <laughs> skipped the weights as well. He's gone from the giant Brock Lesnar professional wrestler, and now he's just like uh, 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 Jesse Owens' track runner, because now he has Dash, and he's doing all this random stuff. And granted, yeah, the mana cost went down, but so did the quality, all the quality. Like, all the good things that he had, the indestructibility and the counters thing. No, 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 no. He can't block creatures with power to or greater, which basically translates to, pretty much his text reads, Zergo Bell Striker, legendary creature, 2-2. Two, two. Zergo Bell Striker is a bitch, dash for two. And that's basically all he says. <laughs> oh, you bi- <laughs> oh, you're bigger than I am? Hell no, we're not fighting. Here, let me go and just hide in this corner while you glad, I will gladly let you beat the hell out of somebody else. Just don't hit me. <laughs> Alright then. And Clay. Okay, so, one of the biggest comments here, with all this time travel stuff that's going on and all the like later story thing, you know, like Daxos and Anafenza, they, and Sidisi, they all died in their like time skips. <laughs> but at least they got a second card. My, my nomination for what the hell happened to this guy is Tassiger the Golden Fang. Because Anafenza died, she became a spirit, and got her own card. Sadissi died, and she became one of the higher-ups in Silumgar's outfit. Uh, Daxos died, and he got a cool mask and starts doing stuff with enchantments. Tassiger died? He became a fucking necklace for a dragon. <laughs> like... Hey, 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 he came back. He came back. It's not, it's he not didn't our fault he was dipped in gold. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll accept it on cameo premises. <laughs> like, what the, Like, okay, Selimgar killed him and decided to wear him around his neck as a trophy. Okay. Ta- Tasker is dead. Starring, that is my nomination here. Dragons of Tarkir, starring Tasker as Mr. T's Blaine. 
Bring Tuesday, Friday, and Lil' Charlie the train. And watch me dip their ass in gold and wear them like my neck chain, sucker. All right, let's continue. <laughs> All right, then. So those are our five main categories today. If you want to go ahead, we want you, the listeners, to go ahead and vote on these. We're going to, let's see, I'll try and make sure, let's see. I think what I'll do is I'll send the show notes over to WaffleCon and have them make the polls up on the uh, the subreddits. There we go, the subreddits. Our Commander Cast. All right, maybe get the Facebook going too. Actually, you know what? We'll just stick polls everywhere, fucking everywhere. You get a poll. You get a poll. Everyone gets polls, including the strippers. So now that we have our five main categories out of the way, John actually has some fantastic categories that we're gonna that we are gonna go through. So not everyone can win a prize. But these guys right here definitely won something. So why don't we go ahead and start off with John, then I'll go ahead, then we can go Calvin Clay. And then we'll just rotate threes. So John, kick us off. Yeah, so I think a a reasonable award to give out is to Marin of Clan Telnoff, or Clan Neltoff. There you go. There you go. (laughs) And um, I thought when when I was thinking about what he should get, easily gets most likely to replace Gerard as commander. Because of all the cool things he does, that Gerard, well, Gerard's pretty cool, but, I mean, just being able to rebuy creatures, even into hand, is pretty ridiculous, as I saw when I played with Mark. So, yeah, all for that. Yep. All right, so our next award goes to Atarka World Renderer. This one is most likely to rip someone's face off. And boy, howdy, can they ever. I tell you what, it feels so good when you go end a turn, flash and dictate the Twin Gods, play Atarka, Snap on a dragon's breath, and now she has haste and fire breathing. Um, congratulations, you have now been devoured. All right, so Calvin, yep. what's our next one? So our next is most likely to kick Kool Aid Man's ass, and that would have to go to our boy Omna, the Locust of Rage, because he can easily be altered into just saying "oh yeah" and just smash into a brick wall, and no one would um, even notice that that wasn't the actual original art. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, Clay, you're next. Um, the next one is the Ain't Nobody Got Time for That Award, uh, meaning, you know, it just takes too much mana to get going, and that goes solidly to Dogetai, Soul of Winter, and kind of a runner-up to uh, Chandra, Fire of Kaladesh, just because she doesn't have haste, and also to Alhamaret, High Arbiter. Just nobody can do anything with those guys. It's just dumb. All right, John. Let's see, we are on Drana, Liberator Malakir, definitely had best rendition of This is Sparta! This is Zendikar! That was my ear! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next up, we've got Nissa, Vastwood Seer, doing her best impression of Katniss for Champion of the 2015 Hugger Games. <laughs> Calvin. So, with that, the other champion of the 2015 Hunger Games that no one cared about and got brainwashed by the Capitol, i.e. the PETA award, goes to Dwayne the Guiltleaf Johnson. Because, quite frankly, no one cares about it, no one knows about it, and in all honesty, it's just one of those cards that's like, huh, you were here, weren't you? Congratulations, I guess. I mean, you lived because everyone forgot to kill you. Yeah, they both had bow and arrows, and people knew that about Nyssa because they looked at it. Nobody knew about Dwinnin because nobody cared about Dwinnin. <laughs> yep. 
It was like like they, uh, they, 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 they walked past a bunch of bodies with arrows on it. Like, ah, damn it, Nissa was here. Nope, it was Dwinning. But, you know, we're just going to blame Nissa. Nissa's getting blamed for all the bow and arrow murder. <laughs> she, has, she, she has an entirely full quibble. She's never shot a single arrow. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even an archer. Like, I just found this. Like, Dwinning planted it on her. It's like, yeah, Nissa, here, hold this for a second. I'll be right back. Thanks. <laughs> Um, next, we have a most likely to be on a sexy Dragon Lord's calendar, probably Mr. October. Um, and it's Dragon Lord Silimgar sporting his uh, human shaman gold-plated necklace. Bringing new meaning to the phrase, who are you wearing? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> did we just break someone? I think I did. Alright, John. Let's see. We are we are going for the award for a runner up for the lead role in Castaway is Noyandar, Royal Shaver, hanging out on a single island all by himself. Um except he is Wilsonless, unfortunately. Aw. Alright. Okay, you you're gonna have to explain this one to me. Is is this the old Nickelodeon show? Yes, it's uh, the old yes. Nickelodeon. Okay, I got it! I got it! <laughs> Alright, so, next up, Arjun the Shifting Flame, winner of Successor to Olmec in Legends of the Hidden Temple, ye old Nickelodeon classic. If you don't know it, get off our lawns. Or ask your parents. And if they don't know it, tell them to get off our lawns. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Calvin, next one. Okay, so we're going with World's Only Stone Temple Pilot Fan, and that would obviously have to go straight to Munda, the ambush leader, because apparently no one else is going to dress up like that ever again. Ugh. Uh, why, why, why do I keep end up getting this guy? <laughs> He's like a bad penny. William actually did the counting and figured out that that would actually make you end up with him. If only I was so clever. You know, you know what? Screw that. I'm skipping this. I'm going to the next category. <laughs> no, 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 no. I get this next one. Okay. Um, this next category um was won two years ago by an accent Saimid. Um, the best softcore porno couple of 2015 goes to Pia and Kieran Nalar because of that little shoulder caress that they have in that artwork. Yeah, and it's a little bit more than a caress, if you know what I'm saying. All right then, John. Um, oh, yeah. So definitely when we were thinking about awards this year, we definitely had one for Luchador of the Year, and that goes to Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, because clearly he's got a Lucha Libre mask on him, if you look closely at the artwork. So good work, Ulamog. Hit those ropes, do some high-flying action, and uh, be you. All right, then. So next up, we have Miss Congeniality herself, Liliana, heretical healer. And her I'm so pretty, oh, so pretty award. Next up, Calvin. 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 Oh, Calvin. Oh, okay, so Calvin has typically disappeared, so Clay. Well, um, one of my personal favorites, uh... Gets the uh, 2015 CrossFit Champion Award. Tassiger, the Golden Fang. <laughs> He's very fit-looking. <laughs> the Banana King himself. 
Yeah, he eats fruits, he stays in shape. <laughs> totally. And he makes a really good necklace thousands of years later. <laughs> How nice of him. Alrighty then. So, John, you've got... John? John? Clay? John? Yo. Alright, that was weird. Gavin, you got back? Gavin? Gavin? Bueller? Clay, can you explain to him Echo one more time for me, please? Huh? I'm tired of explaining it to William now. (laughs) I actually completely forgot. Same. (laughs) Okay, so when last we left Commander Cast, John was going to go and do the one that I'm about to highlight. Uh, oh yeah, so this is very fitting for the cast. The only commander that no one likes or talks about except Commander Cast goes to Dagatar the Adamant. I, res- I represent this statement. I, <laughs> I resent that remark. Squire Cast does it all the damn time. Isn't that... That's on the Commander Cast network that counts. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, except the Commander Cast network. Yeah, okay, yeah, Dagatar's... <laughs> Dagatar's our homeboy. Hey, it's, go ahead and listen. Go ahead. Mark. Email Squirecast and request a signed Dagatar to the enemy. They will send it to you. Strangely oh. enough, I have Dagatar. Still have yet to play with it. All right. I'm like the only member of the Commander Cast crew, apparently, who has the copy. Because I just kind of bought it for completionist's sake. And I don't I think have a Dagatar I'm... Dagatar deck. Not Mark, there, but I, Mark had a Dagatar I have, deck. And William, you've played with Dagatar. I haven't. All right, then. So, next up, we have Shu Yun, the Silent Tempest, and he gets Karate Teacher of the Year, sponsored by Jackie Chan. Oof. That guy is... Ins- Hold on, wait a second here. William just did the Liliana I'm So Pretty, right? Yep. yep. And who did yeah, Tasker? Yeah, I did Tasker, because you weren't there. Ah, okay. Yep, but you get this next one, Calvin. So, let's see here. Who's next? Uh, let's see. Karate Teacher of the Year? Wait, no, you did that one. Oh, no, hell no, I'm not doing that. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to the next one. You can step back and do that one, you damn self. Come, come on, uh, Dad, most, come on. I'm not playing your sick, twisted game, sir. <laughs> most likely to star in the remake of the Fred Savage classic, The Wizard, is going to be Kithion, Hero of Afrios. I don't get this reference, oh, yeah. but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Will got the reference. I'm a nostalgia critic fan. Yeah, it's like it was like an old movie from the nineties, I guess. Where like it was a movie they made explicitly to preview and show off a Super Mario game. That's what it boils down to. Pretty much. Wait, is that that one where Fred Savage was in the library? Nope. Um. Nope. I don't think so. See, now I've got to go look this up. Damn it! Damn it, John. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna back a little and do the one that uh that Calvin skipped. Yep. Um, the last yep. remaining band member of Blue Oyster Cult Award goes to Zergo Bellstriker because Will Ferrell needed to represent him in an SNL skit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And John, take us home. Uh, lastly, most likely to be a relief pitcher for the New York Yankees, Hicks's Prison Warden, because not much more left in his hand outside of something that resembles a baseball. <laughs> All right, and that does it for tonight. This has been a lot. Wait, wait, no, no, we still have the card of the year. Oh, we already did the card of the year. Yeah. Oh, eight fucking bears. Yeah, eight Damn of them. It. 
eight fucking bears. What am I going to do with eight Johns? That's that's a lot of Johns. Just put it out there. I mean, when you think about it, I actually do kind of just have eight Johns in my contact list. Like, I was, like we, I was talking to Calvin. I was like, Calvin, uh, go ahead and add John to the email thread because I can't remember which one is his email. He's like, which John? I had to ask because when I clicked my email, I had three. And I'm like, okay, I've got three Johns. Which John are you talking about? And then, like, out of nowhere, I got this John. I was like, okay, that John. If you knew that was John you wanted to talk to, why the hell did you ask me, goddammit? You could have <laughs> just got him your damn self. <laughs> To be fair, I had to ask him over Twitter. You make it seem like you're the only person who has Johns in their list. (laughs) (laughs) I've still got John Medina in my list, all right? Oh, shit. That's your fault. Yeah. All right. So this this was a ton of fun. I'm really glad we managed to get John on for this, because this was fantastic. (laughs) I agree. Thank you very, very, very much again for inviting me back, because I enjoy Commander a lot, and I enjoy Commander Cast as a result, and... All those good things, so it's great to be back. Especially, like, what format of Magic do you get to say that you're dealing, as I'm dealing right now, on Moto, 80-plus damage without even attacking? Oh, dear God. Because <laughs> I cast Boundless Realm. You are the 13. reason I had to change my Wrath package, sir. You are the reason I had to switch over to Merciless Eviction, Terminus, and Final Judgment. <laughs> I mean, why weren't you running those? Because I didn't have the cards. And also because the Chromas Vengeance has cycling. Alright. I think we're done with this playlist. So you know what? It's time for us to take this to the outro. Listeners, we've had a lot of fun today. Got a chance to talk about some commanders. Got a chance to do a look back review. And the year is coming to an end. But that's okay, because next year, there will be more commander. There will be more commander cast. And there will be plenty more dangly bits for you to enjoy. But for right now, we're going to be headed into the outro. Wow. That was beautiful. Way to steal my thunder. A tear rolled down my eye. It's really awkward because I'm using the mic on my headset, so I have to, like, lean down to try and point it into the sound hole while playing. <laughs> You're ruining it. <laughs> Mood kills. No more. No, like, like, you, like, you have any idea how many, like, listeners out there were, like, just going to be like, oh, getting all sad, and, like, now, nope, nope, now they're all happy no, again. No, that, that's why you edit that part out. <laughs> Calvin, quick, take over the show while while Will's be Will's. Hey, 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 hey! Shut your sound hole. Yay! Hello, everybody. Welcome to Commander Cast. The end of the year. We're finishing it up now. We're going on home. We're going strong. We're playing our real deck. William's out. He's down. He's busy wiping tears from the back of his eyes. I don't exactly know how the hell he cried into the back of his head, but you know that's what you have. That's what happens when you're two faced. It takes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm Hashtag priceless. I think we broke John for like the third time tonight. <laughs> All right, Calvin, go ahead and head out the contact info. Uh, wait, we didn't. We aren't you going to do like the outro thing? I thought you were doing the outro thing. Oh, okay, then fine. With the outro, <laughs> this is the end. Uh, which that episode was, the was this? <laughs> I was like, okay, Calvin took over. Let's just roll with it. No, no, because the thing is, 
the listeners wouldn't hear the ukulele if I put this in the outro because they're going to have the Doctor Who music sitting there playing it the whole time. And it's just going to get drowned out by, like, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey music. That was going to go into, like, the uh, in, the intermission, the segment right between, right before. <laughs> we need an intro, damn it. Give me one. Oh. Don't make me do this. <laughs> Don't make me work. <laughs> God forbid. That's not what I came here for. <laughs> All right, everyone, this has been episode 229. I want to go ahead and thank everyone who's come out and joined us today. Oh, my God, that's been a hoot. Gallon, thanks for coming out. Uh, no problem. It's been a fun year. We've gotten a chance to get to episode 229. Uh, let's see, next week we'll be taking a week off because it's Christmas. And the week after that, we'll be taking a week off because that's New Year's. So, be forewarned, you'll probably be getting a dangly bit episode. I don't know, maybe if I happen to find a free time, I might be able to toss together a best of or something like that for the years in. You know, but don't hold me to that. If you get two danglies, that's, you know, sorry. Captain's got, like, two jobs, and this technically counts as a third. Oh, I've been there. Clay, thanks for coming out tonight. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Yep. John, fantastic stuff. Can't wait to have you again next time. Looking forward to it. Alright, so boys, it's time to hand in that, that contact information. Uh, let's go ahead and start with CommanderCast proper. If you want to email CommanderCast proper, it's CommanderCast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us at, we're at CommanderCast. We also have a Facebook page and the subreddit. And Calvin, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? If people want to reach out and contact me before year's end, or hell, even at year's beginning, you can go over to hit me up on Twitter at CaptainRedZone, or you can hit me up with an email in Gmail at CaptainRedZone at gmail.com. In fact, now that I'm thinking about that, I have an email I have to go back and respond to as soon as I'm done recording because someone contacted me about something involving editing. Ooh. All right, Clay, if people want to reach you, how can you do that? Uh, people can find me on the Internet, on Twitter and Reddit and Gmail as EDHPanda. Um, you can also occasionally see me and my girlfriend Mallory stream on Twitch at Pandalpaca, um, the Spelling is down in the show notes, and you can also follow us on that handle on Twitter if you want to get updates from us on when we go live. Any plans on streaming that Bayonetta game you just got? Um, I've had it for about a year. Oh. I was celebrating because the Smash reveal was that Bayonetta is going to be the last playable character in Smash 4. Quotes around last. So we were celebrating. Like, Sakurai um, says this is the last DLC that he's doing, but... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. John? I flipped my shit during that review. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, John, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they go to poke the bear? I think you can poke the bear the most easily. <laughs> 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 so you can definitely poke around at Twitter, at Baldubian Bears. Same for Facebook, slash Baldubian Bears. Uh, once in a while, you may see me on Moto looking to fling elementals at people with the Omnath deck. And, or possibly Popper as well, because that's quite affordable <laughs> on Magic Online as well. Um, and I, I'd say those are the easiest ways to reach me these days. All right. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, I am W-I-E Hernandez at gmail.com. You guys all follow me. I'm at BlueRam1409. And, yeah, the Commander Cast here. You want to go ahead and do us a fa- fair review. Comment on the shows, the subreds, like I said. Yeah, I should probably go back to doing the contact information right after everyone else. Right after mine. Yeah, that works. 
Yeah, yeah, you should take that and put it towards the end because, you know, how are we going to ask him for the tip at the end of the show if you've already asked him for the tip before we got in there? Dun, dun, dun. So if you so want to... comes to the point where we ask you to give us the tip and just a tip. But if a little extra happens to slip in, we won't complain. Go over to Patreon.com. Uh, what's that? <laughs> forward slash CommanderCast, I think it is? It's the CommanderCast Network on Patreon. Just search CommanderCast and you'll be right there. Yeah, so if you want to give CommanderCast a tip, go right ahead. Swing on over there. And hopefully in the next year, we'll have a little bit more to offer to you in case you want to give us a little extra. You know what I'm saying? Put some more in there. <gasps> oh, a few of you are donating already, and you know what? You're f- you're pretty fantastic. You're probably the best tip I've ever had. Crazy. Big thanks to everyone here who works at com- who works here at the Commander Cast Network. You're all fantastic friends. Oh, I love you guys so much. Music for our show is the X Meets Heavy Metal series by Three Three One E Rock. We'll see you next week with more community, strategy, and technology. Until then, let's get it. Just letting you know, I just sent you an email over to the Commander Casting. The uh, you should see an email in there. I forwarded to you from AJ Welch, I believe it is. Ah, yes. And in there, he has three different decks from Tapped Out. It's a Dactos to Return deck, a Mizic of the Ismatic, and a Marin of Clan Nautir deck that he's edited up from the Commanders. I'm going to add Marking Clay to this. Yep, so that way those you guys can get a chance to see those decks that he's edited up. And I'm about to respond to him personally for his audio editing questions that he asked me. Most excellent. I'll have to remember to sticky that so I can go back there. <laughs> All right. So, Calvin, have you been able to catch up on One Punch Man? Uh, No, actually. I have gotten a chance to see some interesting gifs of him throwing punches at people and people catching it, like Goku. And seeing him standing up against the Incredible Hulk. And all of these are interesting fights that I kind of would want to see. Too bad that I know that they're all going to end in one punch. Oh, dear God. That is just disgusting. So, I untapped... Wait, oh, did you see it yet, Calvin? Yep, yep. Alright, so I untapped, I let off with Elemental Bond. Like you do. Resolved. Play Naya Panorama, draw a card. Get two dudes, draw a card. Um, drew into Goblin Bombardment, lay that down to see what happens. Nothing, no problems. Uh, then cast Boundless Realms and killed the, killed everybody. So at 38 plus 31, so 69 damage and still had a plethora of guys left over. And they all in haste? Yeah, well, um, I think somebody, who did what? Somebody was like, oh, the blue player, all he had was Cyclonic Rift, so he rifted my fires? 
And, like, because I had enough guys to just, like, kill him if he tried to bounce on that. So he just bounced the fires and I was just able to kill everybody. Ah, oh, it looks like he was one off from overloading rifts, too. Yeah. Wow, that is just the worst. <laughs> that, <laughs> that moment when you really need your last land. Yeah, this this deck is uh just just silly. No, just, I believe it. I there's an Omnath player in my meta and it's just so powerful. Like I don't know why we keep letting Omnaths hang around. We need to get rid of uh, I can't play my arrest cards because of Omnath. It's like, well, yes, I love playing arrest because it's an enchantment, I can get so so much value off that. And like there are Prosh and Wrath and like other commands that you, they don't you don't want them casting over and over again, but you don't want them doing anything either. But then right. Omnath, he's like, bruh, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, gotta love those triggered abilities. But yeah, we leveled up. We were, we were, we had three levels in, in a single cast. Like, do we, did we come anywhere close to Judge Cast? <laughs> uh, let's see. So, let's see. There's William, he's a level one. Clay, Clay he's what, level, level one, two? One. Yeah, Clay's one. level one. And, and then, the bear. Yeah. I think you're between what? last time and this time, I was certified. Ooh. So now you're a level one. Yep. And somehow got feedback at the PIQA floor judge that it's very, or it's quite likely, I don't know what the probability is, but quite likely I might be the next L2 to come out of the region, which so. was, like, kind of shocking, but, like, encouraging at the same time. Yeah. Huh. They said something similar when I <clears throat> tested and passed. See, what I wanted to do, see, I personally don't want to actually be a judge myself because there's no way I would ever make it out to enough events to actually be able to keep the status. But I kind of would like to see, like, the um, honorable mention kind of category available. You can be kind of like a rules advisor. Has. Yeah, like a rules advisor. Yeah. Like right. how um, Mike has it over on uh, the mana pool. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I would personally like to actually get that type of honorary, but... I suck at the rules, and I probably would be completely horrible at memorizing any of these things anyway. So, like, I can have a very good idea of what might happen, but chances are you don't want to take my opinion. Well, why don't you give me your DCI number? (laughs) Careful, Calvin. As soon as you become a judge, you start making puns like every other day, and then it starts getting worse from there. (laughs) That's putting it lightly. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit too sultry for that. Oh. A little bit too smooth for puns. Oh, God. <laughs> I, 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 I want to go to the Judge Cast open, but it's all the way down in Atlanta. There's a Judge Cast open? Oh, have you not heard the most recent episode? I, I vaguely heard this. So, uh, yeah, remind me. So, at there's a Star City open in Atlanta where Brian, CJ, and Jess are all head judging different Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. All all Star City opens, and they're all judging each of those three. I see. That's kind of cool. So they're calling it Judge Cast Open, and it may or may not have been intentional from the guy who assigned the head judges. But, well, it's just one of those things. You look at all three of them, and they're like, they're all very strong judges. Like, I eat, like, you know, you snap. I eat, you, they're all experienced level threes. Right. Like, you snap, like, easily. Well, is CJ at level three now? I thought he was level two. No, I, they're all level threes, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Like, I think what... Because remember, I believe what they did was... It was like, oh, the second one got his level three. And, oh, the, the third one's level three. But we're actually just going to skip the third one and see if people notice. Hmm. So, Not that I so doubt now, it, but I am going to poke just to see. Phrasing. 
So, John, here's a question for you. Now, uh, seeing as how we were talking about how Ulamog is our personal favorite luchador, yeah. I've come to the realization that those spikes on his arm and that little rib cage thing is just kind of like costume decoration. That's not actually like on him. Oh, I see. And the reason why I'm saying this is because in on his um, legendary card, you know, he shows up. He's got the spikes on the um, shoulders, looking all mean, vicious, and badass. Right. right? That's a skeleton thing around his hip. And he's got that little bone structure on his like chest and everything. Just coming out looking like a member of Legion of Doom. Oh man! But then which one would he be? Uh, <laughs> the, the dead one. And the dead if, one. <laughs> but then aligned Hedron Network. That's him there too. But oh, when you yeah, get like a okay. look at him, but when you look at the artwork for that one, he has no spikes on his shoulders. Just isn't all that exposed anymore. His little bony structure things have all kind of like dwindled down. And at first I was like, maybe that's not him. You know, maybe it's another Eldrazi that just kind of looks like him, like one of his offsprings that just got a little bit like had a little bit too much of his features. And then I read the flavor text and said the last Hadron slotted into place, locking Ulamog into an infinite loop of binding energy. Which means that that's him. And granted, yes, now I kind of want to have a line Hadron network to be altered to have a picture of Ray Mysterio bouncing off of ropes. But still. I can see it. So, I agree. So all those spikes and all that badassery in his artwork, it that's not actually how he looks. That is really all just uh, a costume that he's put on just to kind of intimidate people when he's coming out. Mm-hmm. And then when he really starts getting ready to get, like, active, he just takes, the, takes that stuff off. So, yeah, that is a mask. I'm going with the that is a mask on him. That's not <laughs> his actual head. Confirmed. Mask confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so Omen Jenkins? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Pesky little kids. Yeah, I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for your meddling mind mage. Planeswalkers. Those are for you meddling kids. <laughs> oh, stupid little dog. So I poked on Judge Apps, and Schrader is an L2. Huh. I thought he was, a, for sure he was an L3. Crooks, CJ Crooks, because cause we joke, because my certifying judge is CJ Stampa, who I think they mentioned vaguely once or twice because he's also a CJ. We joke that CJ Stampa is the sixth best out of five CJs in the judge program. <laughs> that part I do remember. Also, also I, I've also tacked on the worst L2 in New England <laughs> as well. <laughs> but he jokes too. He's like, yeah, I am the worst. <laughs> But by proxy, then, I am the worst L1 in New England if I'm trained by the worst L2 in New England. Just the tip. Just the tip. Hmm. Should I... Don't forget that if a little bit more happens to slip in, we won't mind. (laughs) No complaints here. Complaints here. Let's see. What are the odds that my Omnath resolves? What are we thinking here? What are we thinking? And now it's saved. Oh, man. Ha! So apparently putting Omnath in the play turned on Perforos. Because I had Hammer of Perforos. <laughs> this is beautiful. Oh, I feel like something horrible is going to happen right now. Oh. Womp, womp. I feel like Mariki is going to untap and do something horrible. Man. What's, what does Mariki do again? Oh, destroy the control creature. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have played Omnath. Oh, I'm tired. I'm going to close out of this. Uh, I should probably say E. 
Not read quitting, but just finished something and have to now wrap a present for Yankee swap tomorrow. Yeah. Most interesting outro we've done so far. Everybody's typing and talking about something else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is thrilling content right here, boys. <laughs> Y'all love the play-by-play. <sighs> and this is why I'm broke. Because they have a King Kong... because Con- I cut promos? No, because they have the King Kong Cat scratch post. Why the hell would you want a King Kong Cat scratch post? Because I already got the one where it's a disc jockey table. Why the hell did you get a disc jockey? Okay, like, this, this, like let's put it like this. One <laughs> does not equate to the other. There's no reason for you want this just because you have the other. And in fact, you don't even need the other. What the hell? I got it for my girlfriend's cat. Well, I can't really argue with that. If you decide to get something for your girlfriend's pussy, then there's nothing I can really turn down for that. In fact, I promote it. Go ahead and get that post. The, ooh, Star Wars Sith Bat Throw. That is definitely not for your girl's pussy. You need to put that down. <laughs> it's just the catalog of the greatest stuff ever. Just walk away. Put it down and walk no, away. No, just put it down and walk away. They have the switchblade comb. Nope. You, you do realize in about... Like, 40 minutes, there's going to be people out there watching Star Wars, and by the time we wake up, someone's going to be trying to tell us about who Kyle Loren is. Who? Who? Ralph Loren? Yeah, Ralph Loren. <laughs> oh, but I did end up seeing an amazing t-shirt the other day that had um, Kyle Loren on it, and Stimpy, and it said Kyle Loren and Stimpy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, caught me. Uh, if I had the option, if I had money on me, I would have bought that shirt. But, you know, I didn't. Because unlike William, I actually have control over my impulses. You know why? I don't have cash in my pocket. He's not wrong. It's it's a lot easier to not buy things when you don't have money to buy things. This this is very true. So while we're while they're getting everything together, Clay, I have a question for you. Yes. Now in last week's episode, well, granted, I fully admit that I was completely unavailable, and I apologize. Why didn't you bring up Ashley? Yeah, Clay, why didn't you bring a bashling? Um, I was expecting William to, and then he didn't. No, no, see, the thing is, is that William's ignorant, so I expect him to know anything about Ashling the Pilgrim. (laughs) Even when you're not around, I at least tell everybody but Ixidor. Fair. Hey, I resemble that remark. Yes, you do, sir. You resemble? That's what he said. Fair enough. Okay, so you actually just came up with one for each of them. Well, as many as I could think of. Nice. Okay. I like it. I like it. You know what? I'm just going to be... doing the work for William. Of course he enjoys it. <laughs> hey. like, yeah, inside he's going, yes, bear, dance for me, bear, dance. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I prefer when it's a collaborative effort. That's just me. <laughs> so what he's really saying is he prefers it when a group of people does his work for him. <laughs> yes. Which is why he comes to us to build decks for him. <laughs> I wish I could say he was wrong. <laughs> I wish I knew, like, like when I looked at Azuri Claw Progress, he looks like a love child between two things, but I can't figure out which two things it is. 
Skype was not letting me actually open people's links. That's because you suck. No, no, you don't suck. You hashtag suck. Okay. Okay. Is Dax is Daxos too obvious of a joke with the tragedy mask? Um, I always take the low hanging fruit anyway. <laughs> so Calvin, I I typed in Ulamog the ceaseless hunger potential uh, p- a nominee for Luchador of the Year. Hell yeah! <laughs> Long, uh, I was gonna go with uh, Commander with the longest neck, but like I'll, I'll take Luchador. He is our Rey Mysterio. He totally looks like it totally looks like a Lucha Libre mask on him. Actually, I'm now gotta look at this image now. Hold on a second. And, and it's completely ironic because, like, size wise, he's the complete opposite of a Luchador. Why? <laughs> what? Look at this four god. Faux god. Faux god. Read his flavor text, man. Wait, who's the faux god? I, I put the link in there. Oh wait. Faux god. From YMTG Cardsmith. You put it in the show notes, right? Uh, I put it in the Skype chat. Oh. Commander okay. of the Year goes to Fogod. Here's a question. Oh, I want to ask my, my Skype chat actually was like on a much different part of the chat, so like nothing happened. And there uh-huh. we go. Fogod, Master of Iron. <laughs> oh, this site, the Cardsmith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, now I want to get Ulamog um, altered to look like Rey Mysterio. Just call him and get the name changed like Mysterio to Ceaseless Hunger. Casting calls is 619. <laughs> Ulamog the 619. <laughs> and, it's, and just replace the uh, flavor text with Buyaka Buyaka. <laughs> <laughs> You're all set. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Welcome to Wrestling Flavored Commander Cast. This is your host, Celso. Well, do be fair. No, that's called off-color cast. Not fair enough. All right, so we all set then? I guess so. I'm all eating right. Spider-Man's face. Why are you eating Spider-Man's face? Is it delicious? Damn right it is, and that is also the reason I'm eating it. Ah, uh, I see, I see. But now, tell me, is it lollipop or ice cream? It's one of those, um... It's not like uh, it's like one of those ices, you know, like how like um, you go you get the um, the truck that comes through the area and it has like those. Oh, is it the one with, like the gumball like characters with is the it... gumball eyes? Yeah, the gumball eyes. Yeah, I'm eating one of those. The gumball eyes. The gumball eyes. Actually, the eyes. actually, we have an ice cream truck that actually goes through this part of town in the summer. Like, I was so excited when I found that out, and then I was never around when it went by. Poor William. <sighs> yeah. Poor Royal. Yeah. First two word issues, right? I know. All right. I'm so sad. My life is horrible because I wasn't able to be outside when the ice cream truck came by. Oh, oh, well. Maybe if I go back in the house and I curl up next to my Xbox 360, everything will be better. I don't even have an Xbox. I doubt it. My Xbox is an original Xbox, sir. It's not even a 360. Okay. So first and a half world problems. And the tray's busted, so the only game I can ever play... On it is Madden 06. Oh, I, I pray for uh, we, soul. We, okay, that that drops into third world problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, let's get this going. <sighs> Stretch it out. Feeling uh, uh, limber yet? Oh yeah, let's do this. Uh, 
Jenkins. God damn it, Leroy. Boobs. At least I have chicken. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do for dinner later. All right. Chicken. So, now, quick question, Will. Yes. Now, this part where I just get cut it off anyway. Because mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to go to the Patreon page. When you have it as the tip jar, do you, do you, does it really say just the tip on it? Uh, I haven't changed that just yet. I was planning to, though. Mm-hmm. Actually, that, actually, that. actually, it's what I was going to call the $1 uh, pledge tier. Just the yeah, tip. Just the tip. That's what I'm going to call it. Actually, I'm going to change that now while I'm, at, while I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then like the, and then put like a $2 pledge and put like a little bit more than a tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I'm not there. I can see it. Let's go ahead and Patreon Manager. Then we're going to go ahead and open oh, settings, right? Yes. Settings. Okay. And see, the one thing I want to say about this award show, though, for Commanders for the Year so far, I'm not really sure if we should include the new Commanders from 2015, because they literally just came out, like, a couple weeks ago. And while granted they have been played with, we can't really get a chance to, like, judge them from, like, just flat-out impact yet, because, you know... It's the newest thing, and if anything shows up, it might just be a blip on a radar. Even so, I still think that they are deserving of contention. Yeah, but what I was going to say is, is it possible that we talk about the commanders from last year, the Commander 14 ones, and then save these for next year to give them a chance to actually see if they've done something other than just show up for two weeks and disappear? I don't know, though. This is the 2015 award show. Yeah, all right. Well, just a suggestion. We can continue. I'm actually going to go ahead and look up Trick Jarrett's article about leaks. Did yeah. somebody leak the whole set? No, no, no not, not the whole set. set. Like enough a bunch of the mythics and the rares and all the expeditions got Oh, leaked. that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the wasteland thing and all the stuff that was supposed to be making this particular set special and important that would have been would have made it memorable. But no, someone just had to someone, go and be a dick and just, Someone you know, got their hands on a crap ton of shinies and posted them to the internet. Oh, yeah. man, this is so, like, wait, who, who were the pro players that did this the last time with the um, guidebook? I forgot. It what is Wafotaba and Matt yeah. yeah, there we go. So I was going to say, like, it's bad, not guidebook bad, but still bad. It's not, I mean, it's not as bad as that, but in the same token, when you leak basically, like, all the mythics and a bunch of the mythics and a bunch of the rares and a key detail with, like, the wasteland and a bunch of the expedition lands that's supposed to have been in here, you kind of take things in it that would have been fun to have just learned on our own completely away before we got a chance to even, like, come around to it. But Oh, well. Oh, God. That's his life. They, they even had the... Let's, wait, what? What's this one? This wait, is what? The, and the, and the, and the. What'd you say, William? What'd you okay. say about my mama? <clears throat> the, the Boros line was one of the leaked ones. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually kind of hoping that was fake, though. This has just not been Boris's year. <clears throat> no. That's okay. I, I, it's the, I accept it for what it is because Boris has had so many awesome years in recent. So, you know, it's kind of the year where, you know, the, the pendulum swings the other way and we've gone from awesome straight to suck. Uh, we've gone from suck to blow. Have you tried standing at the Wombo? All right. So I'm, I guess that no one here gets that reference. So I'm just going to mute and go on about my night. <laughs> <laughs> no, come back. You're the only pro bear on the show. 
That's right. I have no problem with the love that a bear shares with another bear. Hashtag give love a chance. <laughs> <laughs> what two bears do in the privacy of their own wilderness is none of my business. They are freely and legally entitled to do whatever they want in the forest. Yeah. All right. As long as, I think my view is as long as it's consensual, I don't mind. All right, men and John, are you ready to do this? Oh, it's because you're a bear, John. Remember? Yeah, one would like to think that. But then again, like, wait a second. No, no, no. If he's just singling you out because uh, uh, Clay is a bear, so this is true. See? Yeah, These yeah little just, little racist hints just keep showing themselves. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not even a fact that you're a bear it's because you're a specific type of bear. <laughs> He has yeah. no problem with bears. He just has a problem with um, Badoopian bears. Yeah, Will has an issue with the Balduvia section of the plane where Ice Age occurred. <sighs> Too cold I see him for complaining him. about the Keldorans. Hmm. Wasn't that actually one of Freylis' best arps or something? You know, the best card I've seen all week is eight fucking bears. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's card of the year. <laughs> oh, oh, dear God, I need a tissue. <laughs> Even though I still say the stats on that thing is a little off. <laughs> Bam. All right, are we ready to go? No, uh, I guess so. Go anyway. All right then.